It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everybody. How are we doing? I know that we are excited for another day of Sharks hockey as they are in Arizona taking on the Coyotes today. And then tomorrow night, they are going to be in L.A. taking on the Kings. So we get back-to-back, and that game uh, against the Kings is going to be nationally televised And then we're back home Friday night against the Oilers. But, you know, I wanted to take a moment here after 41 games to do kind of a review of where things are with the San Jose Sharks right now. Because I felt that, you know, we do get so stuck in the day-to-day and the game-to-game. And sometimes you do need to pull back and look at everything from a broader perspective. So let's talk about, first and foremost, the team overall. And I'm going to get to a lot of stuff here, so I'm not going to go too deep on each individual topic, but where the San Jose Sharks are right now, as opposed to our preseason expectations, is I suppose the best way to judge them. And right now I would say they have not lived up to where my expectations were. I don't think that this team or anyone thought of this team that they were going to be, you know, contenders and make a deep playoff run. But my hope was that they would have been somewhere near the bubble. And I don't know that there is a specific area to lay blame. I do know that one of the drop-offs compared to last year is that the net minding has not been as good, but then you look at last year and you also say you had Brent Burns, which was a big way for the Sharks to get more offense and just another problem and a uh, experienced, high-quality defender. There's a lot of differences, right? I mean, you can't say that this team is the exact same as last year's because obviously it's not. The net minding is one thing I look at. The mistakes that this team makes are very, very different compared to a year ago. They were not this mistake-prone last year. They had non-perfect games, and they could be, you know, a team that could shoot themselves in the foot at times, but it was not a part of their DNA. So overall, the team has not lived up to expectations. I don't think that's very, you know, I don't think I'm breaking any news in that capacity, but I do think that they are underperforming overall in terms of where we thought they might be. Now, it doesn't help that you get players like Luke Cunning going down, Marcus Nudavara never able to really get things going. Those things don't help, obviously, but I think that, you know, you try and make sense of everything you've seen this year with, you know, star players, Logan Couture, Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle. If these guys are all having high-quality years, and we'll get to them in a moment, then I think that, You know, you expected more from the team, but that's not what we've had. But that said, if you're not going to make the playoffs this year and it's been an extended run now of what's looking like four consecutive seasons of not making the playoffs, then it's time to, you know, be bad for a little bit. And hopefully it's just this year. Get good draft picks and start building towards a future that is coming very, very quickly. Um, From there, we're going to go to Mike Greer. So Greer is in year number one. And I think that 2023, the calendar year, is going to be one of the most important years in the history of the San Jose Sharks as a franchise. In terms of the moves that he has to make, and I've talked about this multiple times, whether it's going to be Timo Meyer, 
Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, whoever else is on the squad other than Tomas Hurdle, because that's the line we heard earlier this year that everyone was on the table except for Tomas Hurdle, then those are going to be huge decisions that he's going to have to make. And I know that a lot of people have not liked the Eric Carlson contract, but suddenly he's playing up to that contract, if not exceeding it. And that changes the dynamic for him. And then you do look at the way that Logan Couture and Timo Meyer have been playing. And then you look at some of the depth players like Nico Sturm. And you wonder what other teams out there in the playoff race are going to be looking at veteran players like, um, you know, a Nick Benino or a Matt Nieto. Like these are guys that Mike Greer is going to have to make decisions about. I think that Mike Greer made one big decision already in his time with the San Jose Sharks. And that was the trade of Brent Burns. And that was a move for the future. Obviously, that lowered the talent level on the Sharks. But those are the decisions he was brought in to make. He's not here in the here and now to make everybody love him with regards to how they feel about some of the stars that are on the San Jose Sharks. Because he's probably going to have to make decisions that have these guys leaving the team. And that is not an easy thing to do because we're talking about franchise icons with Brent Burns, Logan Couture, And that's not an easy thing to do. So Mike Greer, again, he's already made one big decision with Brent Burns, and he's got more big decisions on the horizon. But I do feel like he has a plan in place, and I am excited to see where we go forward from that. Um, Head coach David Quinn, he is having a tough go of it just because of the results. And I think that he very much cares, and he is very, very you know dismayed after most performances about what he has seen. I do not think that he is the problem. I think that schematically and the way he's utilizing the Sharks' talents, he is putting them in a position to win games. And I think that, you know, if the amount of times the Sharks have been up by multiple goals and lost or have been in a position to win a game or have been in close games despite the fact that their talent level has gone down, that's a credit to David Quinn. He is obviously doing something right in terms of making sure that nothing changed too much with the penalty kill from year to year because the penalty kill is still one of the strong suits for the San Jose Sharks. The power play was abysmal to start the year, but has progressively gotten better. And while it is not a powerhouse in the NHL, you have uh, against maybe some of the non-elite teams in the NHL, you have a feeling that the Sharks can score on the power play. And there is the overall sense that if you go back to the start of the year that the team is slowly getting better. And that's the one thing I look for is progress. Do I feel like the Sharks are making progress, even if it is not displayed in the sense of the standings? Yeah, I do feel like they're making progress. So for David Quinn, that's his job. Make the team better. I do feel like since the start of the year, the team has gotten better. They're not good by any means. You've only got 12 wins at this point of the season. That's not exactly going to uh, bolster your resume as a head coach in the sense of, hey, point to my winning percentage. But I do think that overall, he has the team trending in the right direction. And that's ultimately what I want to see. Uh, Let's get into some of the star players of the San Jose Sharks. The core four right now, Couture, Hurdle, Carlson, Meyer. If Logan Couture right now keeps on the pace he is at, he'll have 66 points, and that is close to a career high. And I think that is something that everybody wanted to see in Logan Couture. The fact that he's a two-way player, you see him out there on the kill. He defends hard. He is overall one of the most effort-driven guys on the team. He plays to that role of being a captain in terms of leading by example. David Quinn has had Logan Couture playing at a high level, and Logan Couture has had Logan Couture playing at a high level. Like, that's something you need to see. Is like, he is not getting any younger, obviously, but he is playing at a level in terms of point production that will have him close to a career high. 
I don't know how much more you can ask for a player than that specifically, especially a two-way guy like Couture. But, you know, I, I look at what he has brought this year, and I think to myself, I have no problem with what he has done. And yes, would I like more out of him? Of course. But I also recognize that Logan Couture's game is more than the point production. Tomas Hurdle. He is on pace to tie a career high with 74 points. No, his goal production probably won't be as high as it was at um, the 2018-2019 season, but his point production, his assists are up in terms of that pace. But with Tomas Hurdle, I really, really like what I see from him offensively. I feel like his vision, like his ability to see things, like his ability to set up his teammates, all are very, very nice. And maybe if he didn't have such a slow start to the year, his goal production would be a bit higher. Obviously, that's something to take into consideration. But with Tomas Hurdle, what I want to see from him is more effort on the defensive end. And sometimes I feel like, you know, he's just a bit too slow getting back on defense. He'll glide through the neutral zone. And I know I'm sure he's probably frustrated in the fact that the Sharks are losing and having demoralizing moments. I'm sure that takes it out of him. And also, he's a young father, which, <laughs> believe me, I know all too well what that's like. Um, but if I had to have a criticism of Tomas Hurdle, it would be for him to just have a little bit more of that defensive effort into his game um, and maybe just be that much more everywhere on the ice. I mean, I look at what Logan Couture does, and I think to myself, that two-way talent makes him that much better of a player. You know, that's what you need from Tomas Hurdle. Just a little more from that end. Um, Eric Carlson, he's on pace to have potentially one of the great seasons in the history of defensemen in the National Hockey League. I don't know that there is a specific critique of him. I think that obviously sometimes he does try and do too much. He'll try and hit the home run pass. He'll try and thread the needle. He'll try to make something happen. But ultimately, when he's playing like this on the offensive end, you've got to give him a little bit of that leeway to try and make things happen because it does equate to great things happening. Maybe not more often than not, but enough to where it justifies what he is trying to do. I would love him to be a better defender, but I also know that as a defenseman, in terms of his specific role out there on the ice, he is never going to be a, a shutdown defender in that capacity. He is going to be a guy that positions well, a guy that can get back. He's got his speed. He can get back in a hurry, um, but he's never going to be that you know shutdown defender. So with the positive that he brings, you are willing to overlook some of those other aspects. But you know, Eric Carlson is having one of the great seasons in the history of defensemen in the NHL. Like I said, you can't get too picky with his game. If he's not flawless, I still think he does more than enough out there on the ice to make up for any deficiencies that we might see. Timo Meyer is another player that is on pace for a absolutely phenomenal season. He is currently on pace for 46 goals, which would be a career high for him. He's on pace for 80 points, which again would be a career high for him. And you also take into the account that his goal scoring was so low. He didn't score his first goal of the year, I think, until game nine, which means that since that point, he has been at an even hotter pace, I think, into the 50 goal pace, if you were to extrapolate that over an 82-game season. But, um, you know, Timo Meyer does a lot of things really, really well. Some of the things that he does that kind of annoy me at times is that he'll try and make too much happen and skate the puck into the wall if he takes it in from the neutral zone, and then the possession kind of dies right there. That's something he's got to work on, and, I, you know, I, I think that he's obviously trying to make something happen, but, again, it's like you can't, as the Sharks, afford to lose too many offensive possessions because they just they need to be able to sustain puck possession. And a guy like Timo Meyer with his speed and his willingness to shoot, you love that. 
Uh, but I think that bringing the puck into the zone has got to be something he's got to work on because entirely too often he wants to be that power forward and make something happen, but it just leads into him skating it to the wall and, you know, getting in a fight for the puck. And, you know, he's got to learn to dump it, you know, maybe if that's going to happen and try and rim it around to the other side if he's got someone out there um, near the point that can come and crash and get it. But, you know, I again, the way that Timo Meyer is playing, I don't want to nitpick too much. Um, but in terms of him making his case as to whether he's a part of the San Jose Sharks going forward, you know, I think there's a pretty good argument there. The problem is, though, that now he's 26 years old and the Sharks right now are what feels like a multi-year project. And so, you know, he is not going to be on the right side of 30 for that much longer if this is a three-year thing like we thought it would be. Like at the start of next year, he'll be 27. At the start of the year after that, he'll be 28. And so, you know, you have to wonder, does that time out with where the Sharks are? Now, granted, a guy who's capable of scoring 40-plus goals, I don't know that you ever want to get rid of that from your squad, but the timing has to be right. And that's the big question I'm sure that Mike Greer is asking himself about, you know, how much longer is Timo Meyer's game on the other side of 30 going to, you know, continue to be at this level? And again, I know that that's not ever an easy decision to make to try and say reducing the talent on the team makes you better, but you have to look at what you're building towards as opposed to what is the here and the now for the San Jose Sharks. I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions. This is why Mike Greer is getting paid well and gets to be, you know, the big title of being a general manager in the National Hockey League. But Timo Meyer, more than anyone else, probably is the big decision for Mike Greer in the calendar year of 2023, or at least as we approach the deadline. There's more big decisions looming, but that's going to be a big one for Mike Greer. From there, we go to some other players that I think we were all hoping for more this year. And I don't mean that 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 specific performance this year has been lacking. I mean, we looked at what they did last year and we were expecting more from them this year. Kevin LeBanc is one of those players. And while he is not playing to the level that we saw in 2018-2019, he is getting better and better as we get deeper and deeper into the season. And I think that LeBanc you know, it was going to take a while for him to come back from the shoulder injury that he sh- suffered a year ago. It's taken a while, but I think that the way he's been playing as of late, he is getting better and better. My biggest gripe with Kevin LeBanc right now is the fact that he takes too many penalties. I think that's my, you know, just number one bugaboo with him. But, you know, he's being more liberal with his shot selection. He's having more multi-point games. He's having, you know, shifts out there on the ice where he's making everything happen, where he's you know, the guy making the pass where he's the guy just allowing his teammates to do things. And I think that's what you want to see from Kevin LeBanc because he's never going to be, you know, the all-out goal scorer and he's not the specific passer that you saw from a jumbo. But he does have aspects of his game that allow everyone out there on the ice to elevate around him. And I think we're seeing more of that as of late. Um, I would like to continue seeing more, obviously. But I think that with Kevin LeBanc, he has been trending in the right direction. Now, could he be moved with the way he's tri- trending in the right direction? Of course. Again, decisions that have to be made by Mike Greer and the Sharks front office. But right now, you know, Kevin LeBanc is doing more than we saw a year ago, obviously due to injury and the year before that. So I think that this is a, a positive outcome, and I hope that he can continue to rack up the points. And I think that if you know he continues to play like he's played lately, he'll eclipse the mid-50s points that he had in the 2018-2019 season. Alexander Barabanov in the last few weeks has been playing his best hockey of the year. He had a slow start to the year. He never looked quite comfortable, but now it feels like he knows his role that much more, and it feels like he is having more success out there on the ice. And I feel like he was a diamond in the rough acquisition, but he has great ability, and we're seeing that continue to trend in the right direction as we get deeper in the year. But you just hope that it's not 
a hotter streak. You hope that it's more of his continued play. Uh, Nick Benino once again had a very slow start to the year, which was frustrating. And I know that for him, he was uh, frustrated about that. It's something I talked to him this past offseason and know that he was not happy with his slow start to the 2021-2022 season. And I imagine that he is once again frustrated with the slower start that he had to the 2022-2023 season. But I do feel like Again, you look at the leadership that he brings. You look that he's wearing a letter on his sweater for the first time in his career. You look at the fact that he's a two-way player out there on the ice. Nick Benino to me, is beyond his point production. And again, we reference the many teams out there in the NHL that are probably looking for a forward of his skill set heading into the playoffs. Nick Benino is probably going to be another tough decision that the San Jose Sharks have to make. Matt Nieto, another one in that category. Um, obviously, he is a guy that is a penalty killer specialist, but you look at his speed, you look at just his overall two-way aspect out there on the ice, he's a quality player. He is maybe not going to light anyone's hair on fire in terms of his overall production, but he is a hard-working member of the San Jose Sharks out there on the ice, and I feel like he has an impact for every shift. He's consistent, and you know what you're going to get from Matt Nieto. That, to me, it makes him very, very valuable just beyond his work as a penalty killer, which he is phenomenal at. But the fact that you just have a good idea of what he can bring against every team in the NHL, um, that's big to me. That is a very, very valuable asset to have. And again, that's what I think that other teams are going to look at and wonder about as we approach the trade deadline. Um, you look at some of the newcomers this year. I think of all the newcomers, and I'm looking at Sturm, Svechnikov, Cunning, Limblom, Lawrence, Benning. We haven't been able to see Nudavara, unfortunately. But Nico Sturm has been the standout, and I hope that he is a guy that sticks around for the future. Um, I do really like his game all the way around. He reminds me of Benino and Nieto and the fact that he has just an impact every single time he's out there on the ice. He is consistent. His goal sport scoring has been good. His point production has been good. I just think that he is one of those guys that you know is very hardworking and is reliable. He works hard. He plays hard. And his game and his overall value to the rest of the league is, is viewed as such. I really liked what was going on with Luke Cunning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm really disappointed that he had that knee injury. And, you know, I would hope that he can come back and have a really strong year next year. Um, but I, I really liked what we saw from him. Lindblom, I think his start has been slow. And obviously his story is one where you are looking for his upside. And I do think that in recent weeks, we have started to see a little bit of that upside. And if he can regain his game compared to where it was a few years ago before his illness, then that's going to be a complete game changer. But at the same time, you can't get too far out ahead of yourself. You do just have to look at where he is right here and right now, starting to be more of a consistent contributor. I'll give him that much. I think with Lawrence, you're seeing more some games. He's very impactful. Other games, not as much. Same thing with Benning. Um, but I think it takes time when you're coming into a new situation. And I don't have problems with their effort. Obviously, both of them have had some bad turnovers this year, but so is everybody else on the Sharks. So you get into those arguments and you're kind of nitpicking, but you know they have not been problematic. Obviously, Nudavara, the fact that he hasn't been out there is disappointing, and they have not really given a specific timeline on when he may be able to play again for the San Jose Sharks, but that's how it goes, I suppose. Before we run out of time, I was hoping for more offensive production from Mario Ferraro this year, but obviously with injury, that played a factor, but I do appreciate his work rate, and his hustle every single game. Mark Edward Vlasic has been more impactful this year, which I think we can all appreciate. Noah Greger, to me, is still a guy 
that I want to see more goal scoring from. And I also wonder if his best utilization is not maybe with his speed, but maybe down below the hash marks because it seems like that's where his goals come from. And we get maybe a little bit fooled by his speed. So I think his game still has evolution. Gadjevich, I love his physicality. Same story with Magna. A lot of upside with those guys. And before I run out of time, I've really liked Radim Shimek's play this year. Just need him to be healthy, especially if he's dealing with concussions. We're out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.